Okay, so once again, I am going to bring up the last episode. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not about the stories. It was about our discussion of heaven. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) After the episode, I was thinking about something I couldn't believe one of us didn't bring up. Which is? I'm sure this has been talked about a lot. And I recall reading a short story that revolved around this. So I'm not trying to be clever or original here. But it is a cool idea to think that when you go to heaven, you could go see singers and bands from the past. Like concerts? Yeah. That'd be cool. Wouldn't that be a cool thought to, you know, go see Freddie Mercury? Yeah. I think the rest of the band is still alive right now, but... Well, maybe he replaced them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he'd be good as like a solo. Yeah, he would. I mean, there's some bands that you would want certain members. I guess it also depends on if they actually made it up to heaven or not. Oh. Well, <laughs> right. If we were talking about there is a heaven and hell. Yeah. It could be the people down in hell that are getting the good concerts. Well, I <laughs> <laughs> guess there's nothing better to do down there. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Would it be free or is like... It's you... heaven. Maybe they charge in hell, <laughs> but in heaven it's free. Oh, okay. So basically you... Like dying is your ticket to <laughs> concerts. <laughs> so not promoting. No, not promoting that. I'm, that did not come out right. Right. Anyway. <laughs> I wonder how, sorry, I know you're going to transition into no, that's okay. another topic, but <laughs> I wonder how time passes. Like, you know, Freddie Mercury is up there, but does it feel like when the other members do pass and they do have a concert up there? Does it go by fast or does it feel as long as it feels down here? I would like to think that heaven's kind of timeless. Yeah. You know, that you're just having so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that, I hope that's the case. Oh my gosh. Just, you know, kicking back, enjoying life. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is is it life in heaven or? Uh, I was going to say enjoying death, but I don't want to no, promote. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to say that. Enjoying the afterlife. Okay, the how's afterlife. That? How's that? Anyway, so another conversation going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just thoughts that I think. Yeah. But that has always fascinated me to think, you know, about bands that, that I never got to see, either because they were around way before my time. Yeah. Or I just never got to see them and they're, they're not around anymore. I would like to see Amy Winehouse. Yes. I've right. always wanted to see her perform. I was just watching a, a video about a interview with her yet last night. Really? For some odd reason, I was on YouTube <laughs> looking around and I ran across this interview. Yeah. Uh, from, I think, her first album, Frank. Yeah. Anyway, tonight we are talking about death masks. Death masks. That's a hard word to say. Yes, for me. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> so we had brought this up. Quite a while ago, uh, Bloody Mary episode. Yeah. Can't remember you brought it up, but I remember I had seen Mary Queen of Scots death mask. 
which kind of freaked me out. Yeah. I was trying to think, did I ever say that Elizabeth Bathory had a mask? I don't recall. I'm trying to remember. I remember you bringing up the death mask, but I was trying to figure out when I first brought it up. Well, we won't get into another long discussion about (laughs) (laughs) when this was brought up. But yeah, I thought you had mentioned something about death mask. And then I, I brought up the fact that I had seen Mary Queen of Scots death mask when I was researching Bloody Mary. Yeah, actually, I do remember it was the Carl Tanzler case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. yeah, we're talking okay. about his um, paper mache yeah. projects. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, so we thought it would be an interesting topic to discuss. I don't want to get into all the nuances of the history, but when you pull all that away, there there isn't a ton there, right? Yeah. But I'll, I'll kind of go over the history, and then I know you had researched some death masks. Yes. Some famous death masks. So from what I found, death masks, that is, <laughs> that is a hard word to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a struggle. From what I found, death masks go back to ancient Egypt and started as funerary masks. That's a hard word for me. I'm not sure if I said that right, so I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> Which were actually likenesses of the deceased rather than the actual impressions. So it was like sculpted by looking at them right okay right ancient egyptians believed it was important to preserve the body of the dead because the soul needs to have a place to dwell after death they would mummify the body to preserve it obviously covering the face yeah so in order for the soul to recognize the body upon returning the masks were created oh wow I also read that another reason for the mask was to strengthen the escaping spirit and stand guard over the soul against any evil. Hmm. Masks of pharaohs and important or wealthy people were usually made of precious metals such as gold and bronze, the most famous being that of King Tut. Yeah. It's funny, I'm looking at my notes and every time I see the word pharaohs, my mind automatically registers pariah. Hmm. I mean, you have to see it spelled out, but I, I don't know why, but every time I struggle to say pharaohs, Pharaoh. <laughs> my mind will also automatically want to say pariah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of pariahs, less important or poorer people had masks made out of linen or papyrus mixed with plaster or glue and painted gold. Uh. There were also ritual masks, but those were worn by priests during rituals. I didn't run across too much information on those, so I won't go into those. Yeah. The ancient Romans also used death masks, but they used them as effigies or tributes to the dead rather than the way the ancient Egyptians used them. Yeah. And their preferred medium was wax. Death masks were created across Europe for the same reason of preserving the likeness of royals and wealthy people in order to create memorials for them. It was a way to preserve a person's likeness before photography and before the Renaissance artists came along and were capable of painting actual likenesses of people rather than portraits that look like cartoon characters. Huh. Really weird to me that they think that far ahead so they can build like sculptures later on. Well, maybe it was a matter of after the fact and then over time it evolved into, hey, what could we do to preserve this person's likeness? Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Even after 
you know, photography came along, the death masks were still valuable because they did capture a person's likeness in a 3D model rather than the two-dimensional photography or portrait. Yeah. The oldest known European death mask is that of Edward III, King of England, who died in 1377. A wooden funeral effigy of him is preserved at Westminster Abbey and is believed to have been carved from his death mask. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. As far as how masks were made, and this is just a general overview, I won't go into the entire history, but first and most importantly, masks need to be made as soon after death as possible within a couple of hours before the body begins to bloat. Yeah. Masks were generally made of either wax or a plaster cast. I feel like wax sounds messy. Yeah, yeah, it does. Seems more of a after product than the actual mold. Yeah. Because really they're making a mold and then they're going to make the mask, right? So yeah. Maybe that's what they're talking about with the wax. Grease is applied to the face and the facial hair to prevent hair sticking to the chosen medium. The first layer of a plaster or wax-soaked bandage is placed on the face to capture details. Then several additional layers are applied to strengthen the cast. I don't know how you'd ever get strength, like you said, in wax. Yeah. It seemed like it would be really flimsy. You had to have a lot of layers. Yeah. The drying process today is pretty quick, but in the past it could take more than an hour. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's kind of bizarre. Is that like an hour between each layer or like an hour overall? I took it as an hour overall. So they would apply all the layers and then they would have to wait for them all to dry. Okay. That makes more sense. I feel like it would really suck if you had to do like an hour between each layer. Yeah. I don't think the body could handle that either. Yeah. I have to catch it before it starts bloating. Yeah. After the mold has dried and is removed, wax or even a metal like bronze would be poured into the mold to create the final mask. And again, I don't see how the mold could be made of wax if you're going to pour molten bronze into it. Yeah. Right? Even the plaster seems kind of odd, but... Sometimes the eyes and mouth would be slightly modified to help make the person look more alive. And I could see that with some of the death masks, the person does look dead. Yeah. And it is really kind of creepy. Why would they alter it to make them more more alive? Like it's a death mask. (laughs) I know, but they're trying to make a model of them for a statue or something. Yeah. They don't want them to look dead in the statue. (laughs) I guess that's true. (laughs) Other than honoring the wealthy and elite of society, death masks were used by law enforcement to register traits of unclaimed bodies in hopes of identifying them, such as was done with the John Doe in your Rubiot mystery story a few episodes back. And they're also used in the aid of physiognomy. Can't believe I said that word. I think I said it right. (laughs) Which is the scientific study of facial features. Huh. Probably the most renowned death mask artist of all time was Madame Tussaud. She was born Marie Grisholtz in 1761 in France. Her mother went to work for Philip Curtius as a housekeeper when Marie was young. He was a Swiss master of wax anatomy, and he ran a museum of waxwork heads and busts. He trained the young Marie, and when he passed in 1794, he actually gave his waxworks to her. 
she has a complex history that I won't go into, but one interesting aspect of her life was during the French Revolution, she was forced to make masks of the heads of victims of the guillotine. Really? Yeah. Many of whom she knew. Oh. Yeah. That's got to be rough. Yeah. Eventually, though, she ended up in London where she passed in 1850. But still today, one of the most popular tourist attractions in Britain is the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. That sounds interesting to go to. Yeah, I was thinking we need to add that to our list of places to go. Yeah. There are satellite museums all around the world, but I would like to go see the one in London. And we could also go see the Thomas Busby chair while we're there. I thought you didn't want to go to that. as As long as we're there. Yeah. What else do we have on our list? Uh, Salem? Salem, yes. The Devil's Bridge in San Antonio? I thought you didn't want to go to that. No, you wanted to go there. It's, yeah, well, um, I'm curious if it's as scary huh. as listening to it. As long as we're there, we can go to the Alamo. Yeah. You wanted to go to the I-4 dead zone? <laughs> Maybe not risk it. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, if we do go, then we'd have to go visit Robert. Yes. Hello, Robert. Hello, Robert. Thank you for letting us talk about you. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Robert. (laughs) No laughing. You're sorry. (laughs) Probably shouldn't have brought him up. I'm scared now. We're just giving him an honorary mention. Yes. But it is our honor to mention him. Yes, it is. And we would be honored to go visit him. Yes. Respectfully. Respectfully. If we ever find ourselves in Florida. Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the chances of that happening, I don't know. Yes, I know. Well, we won't get into that. (laughs) So that was really about all that I found that was interesting. Yeah. What did you find? Like you said, I did look up some famous death masks. Death masks. Uh You have trouble too. (laughs) Yes. The S's get me every time. (laughs) But there are so many death masks that I didn't even realize that there were that many made. Like you said, I didn't even know they were a thing until I did my story, my first story about them. Right. But I did narrow it down to a few that maybe everyone knows about. The first one that caught my attention was Mary Queen of Scots, which is what you had mentioned before. She's the Queen of Scotland and died on February 8th, 1587 of beheading. After a life of political turmoil, bouncing around Europe, and gaining a long list of enemies, Mary looked for an asylum from her cousin, Queen Elizabeth I. Instead, she became a prisoner for 19 years in the country she almost ruled. Around the time of her execution, she asked if she could get her affairs in order and was told, quote, No, no, madam, you must die. You must die. Be ready between 7 and 8 in the morning. It cannot be delayed a moment beyond that time. End quote. When they placed her head on the block, it took the executioner three tries before beheading was complete. The first blow of the axe grazed off the back of her skull, missing her neck. The second strike was more successful, but her head remained attached to the neck by a piece of muscle. And finally, the third strike finished the execution. Okay, so a couple thoughts here. <laughs> First, ew. Yeah, that that thought of that is gross. gross. (laughs) I thought she was beheaded by guillotine. Yeah. 
I remember looking into her when I was doing this story about Bloody Mary because her and Queen Elizabeth were two candidates for the Bloody Mary yeah. history. But I do remember reading about, and I don't know how true this is because I only read it in a, a few places. So yeah. I never went and really verified it because it really wasn't part of my story at that time. But it was about the executioner lifting her head by her hair to the jeering crowd saying, God save the queen, only to discover that she was wearing a wig <laughs> and her head dropped and rolled away. That's kind of funny. I mean, it's well, not, not funny. for her. <laughs> but she's dead. I mean, it's not funny, but it, it's kind of. Yeah, too soon? Too no. soon? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? I would love to have seen their faces when that happened. <laughs> How yeah. do they not know, first of all? Well, first of all, who's standing around? I don't know. Just still bizarre to me to think of people going to public executions. Well, that was a big thing back then. Yeah. Which is very odd. Yes. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. What else do you have? Well, none of the trauma from the execution showed on the queen's face when preserved with not one, but four death masks, two that survived. Wow. One mask remains a possession of the Dukes of Hamilton, descendants of distant relatives of Mary. The second mask is part of a museum to Mary in a house in Jedburgh, Scotland, where she once stayed when she was ill. That mask was painted to make the queen look as if she had been made up. Without further evidence, we actually don't know if either of the masks actually belonged to her. Oh, really? Hmm, yes. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this, again, things I think about. <laughs> when I was looking at the Madame Tassad and her doing the death mask for the guillotine yeah. victims, thinking about the different types of executions, and wondering, would that be a good way to be executed? Or would there still be pain involved? Now, the way Mary Queen of Scots went, no way. Yeah, you know, no. You know, getting the axe. No. <laughs> but a guillotine seems like it would be a lot faster. I would hope so. I just wonder if it would be painless or yeah. if there would still be some... I think it depends on how they, like where they hit you. Yeah. I was just wondering if out of all the different types of executions if that would be the one that would be the least painful. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because I was thinking not to get any more morbid, but I was thinking like hanging, but that you have to like make sure. The neck breaks. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that they Ugh. probably didn't really care. Like if they were executing you, they probably didn't care no, yeah. They, if you struggled. So there's no guarantee that that's how it played out. Because there's a specific calculation of how long the rope needs to be yeah. in order to snap your neck. That's so weird to think about. Yeah. You know, I've read stories about where people are in prison and they gained weight after the calculation was done. So the, the rope snapped mm. or, you know, or wasn't long enough and they end up not breaking their neck. Yeah. Or I wonder in the case like with... Salem witch trials if they even did that it seems like I recall from your story that they actually their necks didn't break they they just hung them and let them strangle to death yeah that makes sense is, yeah which is gruesome yeah it's so weird that that was a thing back then yeah weird and morbid 
Sorry, again, interrupted your, st- <laughs> interrupted your stories. No, makes good conversation. Yeah. Continue. The next one is John Keats, who was a poet that died from tuberculosis on February 23rd, 1821. In 1819, John Keats contracted tuberculosis. With the advice of his doctor, he went to Rome with a friend for the warmer weather. He felt better for a while, but after one year, he was bedridden. His doctor kept him on a strict diet of a single anchovy and a piece of bread per day and induced heavy bleeding to cleanse his body. That's bizarre. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anchovy. (laughs) The process was painful for Keats, and in true poetic fashion, he asked his doctor, quote, how long is this posthumous existence of mine to go on? End quote. His answer came just one year later. Casts were made of his face, foot, and hand the morning after he died. The more I think about it as we do this story, the more bizarre <laughs> the whole idea of... I get the beliefs of the ancient Egyptians. Yeah. And I get the police use of it. Yeah. But anything beyond that is just so bizarre. Yeah. You know. And keeping them around or having them on display is kind of weird to me. It's so gruesome. I guess the faces don't bother me that much, but the hands and feet. Yeah, (laughs) that's what brought that up for me. It's like, that that is really bizarre. Don't remember. I should have made a note of it. But when I was looking up like the list of people who've had death masks, there was a photo of like their face and then their hands. Really? Like just sitting on like a pillow. Oh my God. <laughs> I wonder why. It's just weird to yeah. me. Yeah, that that doesn't seem like there's any reason for that. Like you might as well have just done a whole body cast. Yeah, I could kind of see the face because they want to preserve it, although I think it's kind of creepy and bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, the hands. I don't know. I wonder what purpose that has. <laughs> kind of see the feet, you know, people who have feet fetishes. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, if you're going to a museum to look at death masks and looking at these really old people's feet, please stay away from me. Like, I don't want to offend anyone, but that's a little bit extreme. Bizarre. (laughs) Napoleon Bonaparte was a military leader, political leader, and emperor who died May 5th, 1821 from gastric cancer. In 1817, he began showing signs of having a stomach ulcer, and while he may have suspiciously attributed its cause to poison, it certainly was the origin of his fatal round with stomach cancer. In June 2013, one of only two known death masks of Napoleon Bonaparte was sold at an auction in, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but Bonham's book, map, and manuscript sale in London for roughly $260,000. Sold at auction? Yeah. I thought these were just in like museums and stuff. That's even more bizarre that people buy them. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess people have their... um... Fetishes? No, (laughs) I was not thinking fetishes. I was thinking hobbies. (laughs) Hobbies. But I guess same thing. Collections, yeah. Collections, yeah. Yeah, okay. John Dellinger was a thief and organized crime boss that died in July 22nd, 1934, and was killed by the FBI. He was America's most notorious bank robber, 
and was shot and killed in a hail of gunfire by the FBI outside of Chicago's Biograph Theater. When his body was on display, thousands of Chicago residents came out to see the man who had terrorized their city streets. Many of the people felt that the man they saw on the slab was not Dillinger. Even his own father wasn't convinced that it was his son. Many of Dillinger's signature scars were missing, his famous cleft chin was not visible, and even the body appeared fatter and shorter than what people had seen of him. After the FBI ran facial recognition scans on the mask against photos of Dillinger, they confirmed its accuracy. Lincoln had two life masks made five years apart. The second one was made two months before his assassination. One of the controversies is on whether or not he ever had a death mask made. The fact he's had two life masks had confused people into thinking that he's actually had a death mask made when he hasn't. Really? Yes. Yeah, I I always thought he had a death mask made. I didn't even know about the life mask. Yeah, I thought so too, but... Yeah, I have only read anything about life mask and that the death mask was a myth. Hmm, that's interesting. A full wax cast, what you were talking about earlier, was made of Julius Caesar's body after he died with the stab wounds clearly visible. There, uh, you know, what's the point, right? Yeah, I don't know. The only thing I would think of would be like investigation, but if they have the body. Yeah. A few more famous people who had their death mask made, but not going too much into detail, was Dante, who was a philosopher and poet that died on September 13, 1320 from malaria. Although there is some suspicion that his death mask may not be genuine. Hmm, That's interesting. Which it seems like there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. We then have William Blake, who was an artist and poet that died on August 12th, 1827 from unknown causes. And Michael Collins, who was an activist, military leader, and political leader that died on August 22nd, 1922 from an assassination. That is all I have. I also seem to remember reading somewhere like Beethoven, Benjamin Franklin... And George Washington, I can't remember if it was a life mask or a death mask. I think it was a death mask. Okay. Oh, and um, James Dean, which I know way before your time, but a very famous actor who died in his 20s, I believe, like 25. Wow, that's sad. But I thought that was kind of odd. So that would have been 50s sometime, I'm guessing, kind of before my time too. Yeah. Seemed kind of odd to me. I don't know why they would have made a death mask. I didn't even think they still made them. Yeah. So I don't know why they would have made one of him or if that's a true story. I never really looked into it, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they still make them now. Yeah. I was wondering the same thing because I was thinking that with today's technology and 3D printers. Yeah. Right. I mean, they wouldn't even have to use wax or plaster or anything. They could just run a scanner over them. Yeah. Well, aren't there like a lot of celebrities who have like figurines made of them too? Yeah, I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know if they actually scan them for that. For the wax museum, they actually go to a sitting. Yeah. And I don't think they actually make like life casts of them, but they take measurements. Yeah. In order to create the the wax figures. I heard that that process takes a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember who it was that I heard was getting a wax figure made of them, 
but I heard that it takes a long time. That's interesting. I like to see that process. Yeah. Well, not even just of making the wax figure, but of getting like the measurements and stuff like right. that. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm the sitting for getting it made. Yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. I have gone to a wax museum before. I won't say where because some of them looked nothing like oh, really? the celebrities. But it was interesting to see like the like even though they didn't really resemble them, just like the artistic abilities you have to have. Right. I feel like that's such like a hard thing like to do. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. Oh, before we wrap it up, there was one other story. I don't know if you skipped over it or I remember reading about the death mass that was made of a girl that drowned in the Seine River in Paris. Yeah. It's kind of a controversial thing of whether that was actual story or not. Yeah, I did see something about that, but I wasn't 100% sure on how true it was. And just some parts of it was really confusing. Like there was a lot of information that was thrown into it that didn't make sense to me. So if I remember the story correctly, it was that the woman was found drowned in the river and was never claimed by anyone. Yeah. The pathologist at the mortuary was so enchanted by her beauty that he commissioned a death mask of her. Not creepy at all. Yeah, no, not creepy. <laughs> that harkens back to... Carl Tanzler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then the story goes on that her likeness was used as the model for the CPR dolls when they were invented. That's kind of weird, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're using a CPR doll, you're kissing a dead French woman. <laughs> I guess that's everyone's <laughs> dream. Not the dead part. Not the dead part. <laughs> Yeah, that would be creepy. Yeah, if that's your dream, then, well. The the problem with the story, though, was she was found drowned. Yeah. Which water accelerates decomposition. Yes. No telling how long she was in the water before they found her. So if you look at the mask, it's really kind of suspicious of how good she looks compared to how you would expect her to look. Yeah. After they had fished her out of the water and then tried to find somebody to identify her. So I don't know. The story sounds suspicious to me. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I kind of like was unsure about it. Just a lot of details didn't really add up for me. The CPR thing is interesting. The CPR dummy. Yeah. But it's also kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird that they would go to so much trouble to find a face to model the doll after. Yeah. Right? That, just, that just seems kind of odd to me. Well, then my question is, is how do they get the faces of baby dolls? Yeah, exactly. Or like porcelain dolls. Yeah. So I don't know. The whole, yeah, the whole story seems really suspicious. See, now, if I didn't already dislike dolls, <laughs> I will never look at one the same again. <laughs> never look at a CPR doll the same. No. Anyway, yeah, that, that was it, right? Yes. All right. So, yeah, not a lot there. There's some interesting things. Yeah. Uh, more bizarre than anything. Yeah. I didn't know they did life masks. Yeah, I didn't either, which is seriously bizarre. I guess no more bizarre than taking measurements for a wax figure. Well, I feel like it's less bizarre than a death mask. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because they're doing it just to. Okay, but what about, like, people who do belly casts when they're pregnant? Say what? 
You didn't. You don't know what that. I had never heard that. Yeah, people do. I don't know if it's like paper mache or what it is, but it's like a belly cast when they're like right before, not like right right before, but when they're at the end of their pregnancy term, they do a casting of their belly. Why? To see how big they were when. That is so bizarre. And then they like paint it and stuff like that. To me, I'm like, this is taking up a lot of space because we're going to store that. You know how you in horror movies where you have like the white wall and then all of a sudden you see the hands and the faces stretching out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what they should put on those. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't want to like bash on anyone who do belly casts or anything. For me personally, it just looks uncomfortable and it's also like, where do you put it? Uh, yeah, to each his own, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to mock anybody who, who does anything, but... Yeah, just I just don't get it. I just don't understand. And like you said, where do you put it? Yeah. I mean, my God, your mom has her packaged up wedding dress that's taking up half of our closet. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate to think we have two belly casts in there. Oh too. my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't a thing back then. I wonder when that started. It must have been recent because I've never, I don't know. Maybe look it up and find out. <laughs> I had never heard of that before. And next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about belly casts. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised you never heard of that. I never. Yeah. That's bizarre. I was wondering where mine was from mom's pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, you're looking for it. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, on that weird, weird note. Yes. We will wrap it up. Thank you very much for joining us. Make sure to visit next week for more weird and creepy stories. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 12 past 3. Or email us at podcast at 12past3.com. Good night. Good night.